Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fully Charged Podcast. I am David Oxford of the Mega Man Network, but you might, or you might not, know me better as LBD Night Train. And joining me, as always, once again, is my co-host, the dude who's the pro at the toes, Brian Ostrin. Funnily enough, everyone, I am not wearing socks right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, how are things going, Mr. Ostrin? Pretty good. Uh, pretty cold, too. We, we totally skipped autumn here in the U.S. and, you know, Midwest. Uh, yeah, it's freezing, man. Yeah, things have been a bit chilly up here in Canada, too. We've been getting snow, man. Yikes. Don't you guys always get snow, or is that a stereotype? Mm, well, when I first came here, my mother-in-law, my future mother-in-law, told me there were two seasons in Canada, uh, winter and July. Dang, <laughs> that's that's been changing a bit over the uh, years, and uh, I don't I don't know I, I don't like being shortchanged on my autumn. <laughs> it sucks. You usually usually there's at least you know a good a, a good few weeks to enjoy there, and uh, I I don't know I feel like I'm getting shorted a little bit here. Oh, Mother Nature, you cruel beast! Curse you, Mother Nature! Oh. And with that, we are going on to the 18th episode of Mega Man Fully Charged, called Enter the Woodman. Now, I've been looking forward to this episode, because the synopsis says, Mega Man accidentally awakens Woodman, who thinks it's still the hard age, uh, sets off on a path of destruction towards Silicon City. Which, now that I read it, that's not exactly grammatically correct i don't think but no but nonetheless um yeah like i said i've been dying to see this one because for one thing woodman is a sentimental favorite among my among the uh, robot masters he was the um i believe the second one i ever beat the first one in Mega Man 2 which was the first Mega Man game i beat oh wow i, I started with the original but it, t- it took me a while before i was able to beat it uh, so, like, Cutman was the first one I uh, defeated there. But, yeah, Woodman, uh, he was the first guy I went after and beat in uh, Mega Man 2, uh, which is almost sounds sadistic when I say it out loud. Yeah, the, the first guy I killed is, like, you know, one of my favorites. You know, sentimental memories and all that, but I, 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 th- I think as video game players, people understand. But, um twisted but yes <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit but yeah and on, on top of that we get we're finding out like a little bit more about the hard age which is kind of the uh, backstory to the world of Mega Man fully charged yeah. something which uh near as i can tell sets it apart from um pretty much all other versions of Mega Man to yeah. date this is something totally new it's not not in any previous game or other form of media it's uh, own thing. One of the things that helps set fully charge apart from the rest. Yeah, and uh, what we um, find out is basically, I mean, and may- maybe they said this before. It, I-, I don't remember if the lines were as uh, clearly defined, but it was kind of more of a robot versus human war by the sounds of things. Yep, is a robot uprising, almost like you know, like Maverick Wars kind of thing, except uh, I guess more humans involved. Yeah, which you know really makes you think, like. How many uh, humans died in this? At the hands of robots? At the hands of, like, Woodman and, you know, Principal 100-100? <laughs> no less. 
Oh, yeah, he shows oh, up. Man. Yeah, he, he shows up uh, in a flashback from uh, Woodman, and you know, they're out there doing their thing in the war. It just really makes you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the war recap. I think that was pixelated, right? It was pixelated, yeah. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the better uses of it, I think. And then it's like, you know, Suna's contacting uh, him about it and, like, you know, asking... Because I think she discovered a photo of the two uh, in Woodman's, like, little domicile, right? Yeah, yeah, like a war buddy picture. Yeah, yeah. and she contacts him and he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> Stay away. Get away! But yeah, this was a uh, really neat episode. It kind of started off a little weird. Like, I know they're probably trying to give Mega Man more personality than we see in the games, but is it me? Or does a lot of that come down to him being a, uh, well, kind of a dick? Yeah. Like, at the start, he's, like, stepping on Suna's, like, samples that she's collecting, like, you know, from nature, and, like, you know, he doesn't seem particularly apologetic about it. No. I mean, it's like, he starts out every, mostly every episode just kind of being a schmuck. <laughs> you know, and then at the end of the day, he's supposedly a better person, but then the next episode, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, he he comes through in the end, so I mean you got to give him that much at least. He but, does, yeah. In one year, yeah. out the other. Um, he's also the least studious of anyone in the show, except for like Rush, and even then, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's just hey. But yeah, um, Aki and Suna, they're uh, they're in the forest or the woods or the park or whatever it is, and they're um, trying to gather plant samples for schoolwork or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aki decides to uh, meganize himself uh, to make things more fun, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's part of what led to the trouble, because uh, he's spotted by a surprisingly skinny woodman. Yep, surprisingly skinny, but really neat very different kind of woodman yeah um they, they made this one more of a uh, ninja style character which sounds weird at first but it really works he's able to camouflage himself as like you know a big tree or log mm-hmm. and uh instead of the like regular leaf shield his leaves are like shuriken and uh one of the neat things is we actually see him do damage to Mega Man. i think that's a first for the series yeah it, it was it was like it was actually he had like battle damage on him right you know yeah. in the chest and it's like whoa this guy means business yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's really and cool along like when principal 100 100's warning them and stuff and you're just like getting a idea that this guy is really bad news and uh that was pretty awesome yeah and th- there was a cool remix as well that kind of uh underscores the whole thing that um of the woodman theme and it just it's like I don't know, it just, like, made him feel more dangerous, like, stalkery, almost. Yeah, it it really played up, like, the idea that he is a threat, like, an actual, like, threat, very dangerous uh, soldier from, from the war. You know, it works so well. So well. Yeah, it's yeah. in... I mean, compared to any Robot Master we've had to date, uh, this is... I, I don't think there's been as big a threat to Mega Man as Woodman has posed. Which is funny, you know, when you take that out of context. Like, Woodman, really? <laughs> but yeah, he's it's, it's, it's rough. It's a rough one. Yeah, ba- basically, the, the episode reaches its climax when Woodman ends up leaving the uh, forest or whatever because he thinks the Hard Age, the war is still going on. And he's, like, going downtown and... Uh, this dude is out to kill some humans. <laughs> yeah, he's 
he's just throwing his little leaf shurikens everywhere and trying to kill people. Like, <laughs> yeah, straight, it's straight up. <laughs> it's, like, it's 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 so dangerous. dangerous yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just like such a. Uh, whiplash and tone for things and we'll get back to that in just a moment i just wanted to point out a couple of other things uh what one thing that kind of stuck out to me though is like uh there was like a laser tripwire that uh, they came across and i don't think they're actually supposed to trip people yeah i think it's just supposed to trigger but anyway yeah the um Mega Man ends up uh, managing to talk Woodman down, let him know that the the war is over, and uh, basically, like, you know, what they were fighting for, like, what they wanted, like, uh, there's this kind of peace, this harmony between robots and humanity now, for the most part. Let's not get into what's been going on up to this point. But it's enough to make Woodman stop and look around and just... It is it's kind of a powerful moment because, I, if I remember correctly, Mega Man asks Woodman, it's basically like, you know, what did you want to do when the war was over? And we talked before about how Mega Man always seems to have that buster arm on, like it never seems to go off. And mm-hmm. it actually, he actually turns it off and, like, you know, kind of offers the hand to uh, uh, Woodman, who thought he was like a dissenting soldier this whole time. Yeah, great moment. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, I, I just really like the de-escalation because that's something we haven't seen so far in the show. It's mostly, you know, pow-pow, like, you know, overcome the evil robot master and right. send him off to jail or... A quip here, a quip there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like uh, you've got, like, Woodman. He's, like, basically doing these conservation tours, like, in the forest. And, you know, he's, like, kind of res- really respectful of the nature, of course, which is something I've always appreciated about different versions of the character like uh was it a tree or a rock he hit and he was like you know whatever it was it was it was a rock yeah yeah and he's like you know telling people that he like you know took like you know uh damage or something like in a recent battle and just you know he he really hated like you know hitting the like trees and stuff when he was like aiming for Mega Man and yeah he was kind of one with nature and his best friend or his companion or whatever was just that that rock yeah (laughs) yeah i don't remember if he had a name or not but but uh, that, that was definitely, like, the humor for the episode, you know? Otherwise, it would be kind of a pretty dark episode. But that kind of helped lighten things up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, if, if there's nothing else, like, that went on uh, that we need to uh, mention there, I just want to go ahead and say that that's my favorite episode uh, thus far. It is... Oh, yeah. Agreed. Exceptional pacing. Many kind of layers, you know? It was really good. I think, like, okay, I mean, you've still got, like, you know, the fingerprints of, like, you know, what Mega Man fully charged is here. Like we said, Aki acting like a bit of a, you know, doof at the uh, start. And, uh, you know, you've got Suna there and just, you've got that stuff. But that stuff aside, I think this is what the kind of thing that I think, like, people would be wanting from a Mega Man cartoon. Definitely. Kind of a... Like people throw around that word, like oh, it's not mature, dark enough. But like, this had this had that. You know what I mean? It yeah. Was, yeah. It had this theme that could be appreciated by a younger audience, but also you know older fans that want to you know really dig in. Uh, yeah, it, it's a fantastic episode. I'd recommend this like for, <laughs> for anybody really. Check it out. 
yeah it, it's 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 a great recommendation on its own it's if you're trying to get somebody into the series it's a little bit of a tougher recommendation because it's so atypical it's of what we've seen so far yeah very different uh, I wonder if this is maybe kind of like you know maybe there maybe the beginning of a shift to a slightly different uh, feel for the thing. Like, did you ever watch Reboot? Maybe, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, like season three of Reboot, they kind of went in that different, darker, more uh, dense direction. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, and that, that began yeah. in 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 season two, but it was like it was a gradual shift. And, oh yeah, and right, Things right, right, right so, sort of changed a little bit as they went on. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if maybe this isn't the uh, the moment, like you know, where we're seeing that here, because like I think the episode like where things started changing for reboot. I mean, it was like in a Power Rangers parody of all things, but it like kind of heralded like you know yeah. darker things to come as like more continuity was introduced and stuff. Um, and I know the next couple of episodes, it's a two-parter and, uh, I haven't seen them yet, Nope. but you know, it sounds like, you know, maybe things are kind of uh, shifting slightly. So I wonder if this is going to be that kind of uh reboot moment, so to speak for the, for fully charged. Oh yeah. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm all, all, all up for like a tonal shift, but still I, I want my, you know, my lighthearted comedic moments. Yeah, there's definitely still room for that kind of stuff here oh, and there, but so something with like I think my wife has been wanting something with a little more of um, how do I put this? I, you can't say like more continuity necessarily because I mean there's definitely been continuity. You know, Mega Man finds a new guy, gets a weapon. That's like you know there. There's definitely a sense of continuity going, but. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe more of a story continuity, more than just, like, you know, what's in Mega Man's pocket. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. But, um, in any case, yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see if this, um, you know, precludes anything like that going forward. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, definitely it's like, like like I said, it's not exactly the best sample episode from what we've seen thus far because of how atypical it is. But if I was going to tell anybody there's one episode from the first 18 that you have to watch, this is the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, do we have anything else that we need to say about uh, this episode? Uh, no, I think I think we, we hit, it, hit it on the head, man. This is a great episode. Yeah, um, I mean, we haven't done this before, but yeah, um, full congratulations to, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, the uh, writer uh, Bita Harju, and uh, Men of Action Entertainment on this one, because, yeah, this one just... They knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like the show already, but this one, like, you know, really sold me on, like, what they could be doing here, and I hope we uh, see more like this. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, with that said, it is time to go to the news. All right, so, uh, Proto Dude, you had the uh, rare opportunity to interview someone from the Mega Man 11 development team recently, did you not? I did, and, yeah, this is a rare opportunity indeed. It was kind of a shot in the dark uh, going at it. You know, I, I wrote my uh, my you know my Capcom US contacts saying like, hey, can what's what's the chance that I could ask a couple questions to uh, Oda or to 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 Shia or bleh, I really butchered that. I'm sorry, man. I'll call him by his <laughs> first name, <laughs> uh, Kazuhiro. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead and shoot us some questions. We'll translate it and we'll we'll see if we can get something. 
So I, I asked them uh, five questions um, that the community was really kind of wondering, five burning questions. Things like, you know, um, spoilers, why weren't uh, Base and Brotoman in the game, what was going on there, and uh, whether or not there's going to be DLC. And that's that's a big question that everybody's kind of asking across the community, because, you know, Mega Man 11 was great, and I think we all want more of it. Not necessarily Mega Man 12, but we want to see more from 11. So I just kind of flat out asked, um, are there any plans to expand on Mega Man 11? Can fans expect to see downloadable content in the future? Um, many fans are hungry for more. And uh, Kazuhiro, his answer was, unfortunately, we can't make any promises at this time. We'd love for even more players to give Mega Man 11 a try and get excited about the game. So while we have seen small possible pieces of evidence that they're working on DLC, um, for example, on the Steam database, there is a uh, string a library string that was added um, related to 8ing. That's a company that Capcom frequently work with, works with to uh, develop uh, side games and spinoffs, and they're doing something with 11. We don't know what. Um, but, you know, going back to what Kazuhiro said, um, they can't make any promises at this time. And I'm kind of interpreting that as they would like to see Mega Man 11 in the hands of more people before they green light, you know, okay, let's go ahead and make some DLC, some new stages or new characters, what have you. So if you haven't picked up Mega Man 11 or you know a friend that hasn't, uh, go ahead and, and sell that thing. You know, buy Mega Man 11 and surely we'll probably see some DLC down the line. I wonder what kind of window there usually is for something like that, because these days, DLC, it seems like that stuff is planned before the game is even released. So for them to not be able to promise anything, that's almost a little disconcerting. A little bit. Like, the impression I get is Mega Man 11's budget was very, very small. Um, and that's how they approached the whole game. Kind of like, you know, let, let, let's see what happens, kind of thing. Um so, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we don't have any sale numbers specifically, how well it's doing, but the impression that I'm getting is it's doing just okay, at least on the physical front. Um, it barely broke into the top ten in Japan physically, and it fell down the charts pretty pretty far and pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, the hopes is, it's since it's more or less kind of like an indie kind of game, that indie kind of budget, um, that it's doing better uh, digitally. So we'll, we'll see. With any luck, with a lower budget and a more indie mentality, hopefully it won't have to, you know, reach, like, you know, extreme sales status for it to be considered a success. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it'd be great if it would sell a million. There's only four Mega Man games in the 30-year history that uh, have sold a little over a million copies. But a couple hundred thousand units I would consider a success, just kind of looking at the budget that they might have had. Gosh, like, Mighty Number no. 9, like... That Kickstarter, the initial, when it was just like those eight stages or whatever, it was like, I don't know, uh, like $1.5 million that they were asking for. So uh, that's reasonable. I think they can hit that at least, you know? I don't know if Mighty Number no. 9 is something we want to be drawing comparisons <laughs> to right, by right. any metric. But it it kind of clued us into a, a how much a Mega Man, a typical Mega Man game costs to make, you know, when we're just kind of, you know, eight stages, a couple of Wily Castle stages. There you go. <laughs> you know? Or so they thought. I don't right. know. It's the way costs and feature creep and everything ballooned out. I mean, and they they were like doing like supplementary financing, and I I don't I don't know. It's just 
I mean, yeah, maybe, but at some point, like, I think the, uh, like, they kind of lost the trail there of what they were going after, so, I don't know. It just got so bloated, yeah. Yeah. So, did they, did, um, do they answer any of the other questions, like, about base and uh, proto-man, their lack of inclusion? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the question specifically I asked was, uh, could you talk a little bit about why some of the more popular side characters, like proto-man and base, weren't part of Mega Man 11's story? And the answer was, what we struggled with the most was how to develop a clear and engaging story that builds upon the previous installments while appealing to a wide range of players. New players picking up a Mega Man game for the first time, those who may have forgotten about the series' backstory, and the hardcore fans who remembered the events of Mega Man 9 and 10, as though they've happened yesterday. Um, after the long gap between Mega Man 10 and 11, we decided to focus on sharing an untold story that touches on the past of Dr. Light and Dr. Wily. So, yeah, I can see why they didn't want to kind of, you know, overdo the cast. Um, probably a little disappointing for hardcore fans like myself that were hoping to see Proto-Man base. And, he, you know, Tango. Come on, we got to see Tango eventually. Yeah, really, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Good old Tango. Poor old Tango. Always overlooked. Not always, but often. Uh, Proto-Dude, yeah, I, I don't know how they would fit him into the story necessarily, but the absence of base, as I think we discussed back on the Mega Man 11 episode is just mm-hmm. oh my god that would have been we, we were mentioning uh previously with the in the electman uh episode on here that uh like fuse man and the robot masters they all like used one gear or the other but base just feels like where you would definitely use both gears and that you never yeah. got that battle just feels right it, it leaves you wanting you know all right hence the the dlc we we with the wanting you know yeah for more here's hoping that if they do dlc like that that comes to pass that they actually you know maybe follow up on the base and proto man stuff in some way that that satisfies yeah oh because i mean i'd hate to think they just kind of you know give us like another like you know fake man stage or something and leave those guys untouched right saving them for 12 maybe i don't know maybe it'll be 12 selling point like oh look who's back uh, yeah, that, I mean, that would be good and all, and I, it's like, I don't expect the double gear system is going to be returning just by its nature and the way they treated it in the story, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, like, half the appeal, like I said, you know, you want to face your gears against base's gears and, uh, you know, just really have a epic battle there. Yeah. And, I mean, theoretically, they could do base with double gears, but if Mega Man doesn't have his double gears, that's going to feel kind of lopsided. Kind of like in Mega Man 8, where you're facing, uh, like, the uh, treble boost. Uh, oh, yeah, the treble adapter. Base, and you don't get to use Super Mega Man, and it's, like, kind of just feels like, like, yeah, this is cool, but you know, I want to be up there, like, you know, blasting right. him, not down here. <laughs> I'll just hop on the rush bike and do my best, you know. <laughs> that's the best we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Open your mouth, Rush. You know, start shooting them. <laughs> Just, yeah, good point. So, you got anything else? Did they uh, respond for anything else? Um, yeah, uh, their favorite robot master. His favorite robot master, Kazuhiro, is uh, Thunder Man, because he's designed in a way that makes him feel skillful, uh, and uh, he really uses that classic Mega Man design method while maintaining a retro design and a modern design. I wonder if that's what. 
Well, no, that's probably not why he was used in the 8-bit Red Bull promotion, because it was a nice theme, obviously, but I guess, I guess that helped him translate nicely to the retro style there, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also asked, was there any pressure to make 11 kind of stand out, because there's been you know eight years between 10, um, and they said there really wasn't that much pressure internally, um, but each t- team member really made it their goal, their personal goal, to create a memorable, memorable game, and he says he... he thinks uh that helps everybody work together to kind of create that unified vision and uh yeah i also asked you know now that magma 11 is in the hands of players all over the world are you pleased by the response and he said uh the response from Mega Man fans is overwhelming and encouraging and the Mega Man 11 development team greatly appreciates the support and feedback there are many new Mega Man fans as a result of Mega Man 11 and we look forward to these players joining long time series fans to create an even stronger and more supportive community Aw. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a great opportunity to do this. Um, they only let me ask, like, five questions. Several topics were off limits. Like, I, fr- I couldn't even ask about, like, the um, the jumping animation through the boss gate. Like, next wow. to, yeah, next to DLC, that was the one question everybody has been asking. Like, are they going to patch that? What's the deal? <laughs> they, they didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe that's something being worked on and they just didn't want to say anything. Maybe they've just heard enough about it, and they're like, no, no more. No, no more. more. No more. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. There'll be no further questions. This exhibit is closed. <laughs> the proverbial door was slammed in my face. But no, it's cool that uh, you got to ask that. I mean, wow, to think all, all these years, and all I had to do was ask. <laughs> yeah. I, was... I always thought I'd have to be, like, at an event or something, or, like, you know, something that would... Right. Uh, I don't know. I, just... I don't know. I just, I'm like, you know what? I should just try. I'm going to see what asking gets me. And Stephanie, she's been wonderful through all of this, made it work. Yeah. yeah. And uh, congratulations to her on her new uh, career path as she has moved on to Nintendo PR. Yeah, what a jump, you know? Yeah, that was unexpected. I'm just, like, seeing that on Twitter, and it's just like, well, <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah. But you wow. know, congratulations to her for that one. That's, uh, absolutely. That's like, you know, top tier. It's like dream job. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As as far as asking questions, I can't remember if I've tried that before, and I just you know wasn't able to get through because you know times change and stuff. But yeah, and I just kind of you know, it's like well that didn't work, so, and I just put it out of my mind. So right. Yeah, I'm glad you've uh, managed to pull something off there. Who knows? Maybe it was uh, simply because of Stephanie that you were able to do that. Uh, who knows if that trick will work for anyone in the future? Possibly. I wish her well. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, if there's nothing else, then uh, yeah, as always, uh, if you're looking for more episodes of the Fully Charged Podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, or you can also check us out on iTunes and Google Play. The hosting fee is ours, but the choice is yours. And if you want to find us outside of the Fully Charged Podcast, I'm on the at the MM Network on both Twitter and Tumblr. You can also look up the Mega Man Network on Facebook and the MMNetwork.com to visit the website. And you can find me, ProtoDude, on Twitter, at ProtoDude. And you can find my blog, Rockman Corner, on Google, or type it into the address bar, www.rockman-corner.com. And for ProtoDude, this is LBD Night Train saying everlasting peace out. <laughs>